Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty. In the fun, fun, fun time of year, episode number 185, we're going to continue to break down some of my rookie drafts. I hope that you're having a very fun rookie draft season like I am. I had two more drafts this last week and thought I'd use uh, this podcast just to share about how one of my leagues went in what we could call the Good Times League. And my Good Times League had that draft last week in addition to another one, but this one I'll report just on what happened in the Good Times League. Just for reference, uh, this league is seven years old. It's a 10-team league, uh, one quarterback, half PPR. Uh, starting lineups include 10 players, which would be quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, one flex. And yes, this league still has a kicker and a defense. After the rookie draft, we have 35-man rosters, but we cut down to 30 players a week before the NFL season starts. And so that's a little bit about this league. And a league that I won two years ago, had a rough time in the playoffs this last year, but as a fun league, and so I wanted to break down both the picks that I made, but also just talk about some kind of pivot points, some interesting points during this draft. It was a fun time in the draft season, fun just to hear about how drafts go, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. Also give you a chance just to hear a little bit about what the you know ADP is, among these rookies again here. So round one of this draft went Brees Hall, Drake London, uh, Kenneth Walker, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, and James Cook. Pretty uh, pretty standard so far, you know, the way that the drafts have been going. Things get changed up a little bit later though, but let me just mention a few things that happened here in the first round. Now, right before uh, the draft started, actually, there was a huge trade. It was completed between two rebuilding teams, the ones that finished last and second to last, the people that had the number one and the number two pick, those managers. Um, I guess if I want to say, if you want to know what the, uh, the price is to move up to 101, here's what it cost in this league. It was Nick Chubb, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and a 2.3, which was really pick number 13 in this 10-team 10 uh, team league. So Nick Chubb, Brandon Ayuk, and 2.3, or pick number 13, all of that just to trade up to 1.1, but what was in addition to 1.1 was a 2023 first round pick. So pretty wild, 101 and a 2023 first round pick, but the team that had to give up Nick Chubb, Brandon Ayuk, and pick number 13 in this year's draft, I think was a little bit too much to give up for a rebuilding team, but they both must have had kind of different rebuilding strategies. So one manager, you know, wants points this season, so he was happy to add Chubb and Ayuk to his team and still get to pick with pick number 13, but the other manager, definitely more willing to take a patient approach, is starting off, you know, with Brees Hall. Uh, he also had pick number two, which for him was then Drake London, so his team's, you know, going to slow build with Hall and uh, Drake London. He also got Jahan Dotson in, in his own second round pick, and now he's got this 2023 first round pick in addition to that, so I think if I was to take one of these sides, I really like the slow build approach that this team made and feel like he really won uh, this trade. So it's, it's considerable uh, what what each team did. I just don't like giving up that 2023 uh, first-round pick already. So good haul, literally pun intended, with Brees Hall, Drake London, uh, Jahan Dotson, and a 2023 pick, uh, first-round pick. Um, I like that side of this trade. My pick in this round was Chris Olave. 
Um, I had uh, him, you know, as my sixth best player, and I got him here at the sixth position. I was really hoping that Traylon Burks might fall to me, uh, since I play in leagues with other got other a few other guys in this leagues, and I know that the two guys that were drafting in front of me really like Garrett Wilson and Jameis Williams, but didn't fall, didn't work. Um, I had a lot of people trying to trade up to this pick, but like I said last week in the podcast, I really believe that there's a big drop off. Um, at pick number six, like the first tier of rookies here goes up to number six and Chris Olave, and that's where there's a big tier break. And so uh, I was really unwilling to find a deal, even though people were making me offers. I even got some offers during the draft, but I was happy to settle with Olave. Um, I just think that his you know co- collegiate pedigree, his NFL draft capital at 1.11 at 1.11, and the fact that the Saints traded up to select Olave, I think that just all makes him kind of like a can't miss um, can't miss prospect. A little other hint, I'm in another draft that just started today, and I was picked number six, and I got Chris Olave again. And so it happened again. Uh, happy to take him right there where I feel like there's a tear break. This, there was also something really fun that happened in the, in the first round here. Both Christian Watson and Sky Moore were drafted by one team with a manager who uh, just traded up twice to get both of those picks. It was a real fun part in this rookie draft. A manager with several second and third round picks moved up twice to select Christian Watson, and then again for Sky Moore. He moved up from 110 to 1.8 um, to select Christian Watson, and then he gave up his 110 and a third round pick and a fifth round pick. That's all it took to move up two spots to 1.8 where he drafted Christian Watson. Yeah, that's a great deal in my eyes, but then he did it again. He, he moved up to 1.9 to get Sky Moore, and all he had to give up for that was 2.5 and 2.6, and so two managers in these leagues were willing to trade back and collect more picks. More on them here in a minute. But uh, this guy was really willing to be aggressive and give it away his second, third, and fifth round picks all to grab both of these players. Um, in addition to that, he actually had Garrett Wilson as his own pick in the first round. So not bad to end up having three first round picks with Garrett Wilson, uh, Christian Watson, and Sky Moore. Uh, that's a way to really stack up your wide receiver room there in this year's draft and didn't have to give up anything in 2023. He just gave up his later picks in this very draft. I think that was a wise thing to do. Let me move on to round two. Round two went like this. George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Isaiah Spiller, more on him in a moment, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, Alec Pierce, then it was David Bell, Trey McBride, Tyler Algier, and Jalen Tolbert. Let me talk first about this thing that happened here with pick number three in the second round, which was really pick number 13, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, that is the first time that I've seen Spiller go ahead of Rashad White and Damian Pierce. It was a big surprise. The manager who gave this was the manager who gave up the 1.1 and that 2023 first round pick for Nick Chubb, Brandon Ayuk, and this pick. So he ended up with Chubb, Ayuk, and now Spiller. Interesting that he gave up that much, and this was the player that he picked um, in the second round. I think that he, you know, could be, you know, taking the approach where you try to do like a blended where you get some, you know, win now, start now players and try to blend them in. But I think you're just going to have to be too patient with Isaiah Spiller for this really to, to help. I mean, just being behind Austin Eckler, he's not going to get the type of touches that I think really help his team. When it seemed like he was trying to, you know, be more of a win now type of team, I was real surprised to see Spiller go this high in the draft, particularly when someone had already given up the 101. Well, that was that. Another thing I'll mention that happened in this uh, second round here was the team that traded back. I said that talk about them. So the one that, that gave up 1.9 for Sky Moore um, moved back and went and got these two picks for it, 2.5 and 2.6, where he drafted Damian Pierce and Alex Pierce. So he got he got the Pierces for uh, trading back. 
And so um, he did this multiple times, actually, in this draft. He continued to move back um, in this draft just to collect picks, giving him really a collection of players in this year's class. <clears throat> I think this was a year, you know, to trade up more than trade back overall. I like the, the you know, the trade that the manager did to get Sky Moore more than uh, this what this guy did here. But at the same time, he traded back so often in this draft that here's the players that he drafted. Damian Pierce and Alec Pierce, like I just mentioned, but his tradebacks also netted him Tyler Algier, Keontae Ingram, Romeo Dobbs, um, Romeo Dubs, Danny Gray, Kyron Williams, and Abram Smith. And so when you look at it like that, his trading back really landed him a pretty good crop of you know players. He just needs a few of them really to hit. Added that the fact that he is one of the best rosters in the league, along with myself in this league, uh, he has the time to be patient with these guys. And so. Interesting strategy to trade back and compile all of those players in this year's draft. What was that? Two, four, six, eight, nine players that he collected in this draft. So pretty interesting uh, strategy for that guy. As for my pick in this round, in the second round, it was David Bell. Um, this was my pick there. And I was finally able to make a, a trade after trying to move up in this draft. And ever, once it got to 2.4, that's when I started contacting every manager, trying to trade up, trying to trade up, trying to trade up. And every time I was trying to trade up for Bell, I was pleasantly surprised that each time uh, someone else was picked instead of Bell. And so I was finally able to get the, tr the trade done. I gave up 2.10 and uh, LaVisca Chenault just to move up three spots to get to 2.7. So I gave away 2.10 and LaVisca Chenault to move up to 2.7 for Bell, who was my 12th ranked rookie. So I had him ranked way higher than most analysts and dynasty managers. I had him ranked really high before the draft and I really only moved him back just a little, a few spots after his you know, very poor athletic testing and the fact that he was drafted at the very end of the third round, uh, that concerned a lot of people who dropped him way further than I have. And so to get him at pick number 17 when he was my 12th ranked player made me really excited. I just think his college production is too much to overlook. And while he was drafted you know, later than many of the other receivers in the NFL draft, I think he landed on a great team with an opportunity and a fantastic quarterback, assuming Deshaun Watson plays again. I was very excited about this trade, was happy to get rid of LaVisca, after several seasons of underperformance and all the coaching changes he's had to endure, I was definitely ready to get rid of him. Right after I picked David Bell, though, was Trey McBride in the second round at 2.8. I mentioned this last week that McBride uh, fell way too far in my last draft that I reported on my, my diehards rookie draft. But this draft, I think the opposite happened. I think the team that drafted for him was just drafting for team need right now. The only tight ends that he had on his roster were Gerald Everett and Dan Arnold. So pretty rough uh, tight end crew. Uh, though he added in this draft, he added McBride. Then later on in the draft, he added uh, Cade Auten. Um, in a non-tight end premium league, uh, I think this would be better. You know, I think this guy would have been better suited had he just tried to trade up or to make a trade in the offseason to fill that tight end spot. He's going to have to wait a while for McBride, so it's really not going to help his team. Um, I tried to make trades this whole offseason with this manager as one of the more inactive managers in the league. So. He wasn't really uh, fielding any of the, the trades that I tried to offer because you'll see in a moment I have a really stacked tight end crew and was just trying to offer him like a startable tight end and he wouldn't take it. Instead, I think he did a little bit of reaching here to try to get Trey McBride. Next, we move to round three. Round three went like this. Wandell Robinson, Kenny Pickett, John Mechie, Brian Robinson, Zamir White, Terion Davis-Price, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods, um, Keontae Ingram, Romeo Dubs, and Traquan Thornton. That was the third round. Only one comment that I have to make here was just the fourth pick of the third round. 3.4 Brian Robinson. Uh, even though Robinson was drafted to a team with a crowded backfield, I'm surprised to see him con constantly 
drafted after guys with worth, you know, NFL draft capital. Um, I've never been a fan of Antonio Gibson, and while he's, you know, proved me wrong in spurts, um, his inability to stay healthy has proven me right overall, I think. So there's reason to believe that Robinson was drafted by Washington in the third round, um, and they also, you know, convinced McKissick to come back. All those seem to point to reasons why drafting Robinson, re-signing McKissick, shows that they just don't think that Gibson can carry the load. And so I'm uh, surprised to see Robinson kind of going behind several guys that I think he was drafted, or I know that he was drafted ahead of in the real NFL draft. So pretty good steal, I think, there for round three. As for round four, I'll talk about two of my picks here. Round four went Malik Willis, Hassan Haskins, Pierre Strong, Vilas Jones, Greg Dulcich, Calvin Austin, Khalil Shakir, Desmond Ritter, Danny Gray, and Tyler Beatty. That was round four. Uh, two of these were my picks, actually. So in uh, 4.5, I drafted Greg Dulcich. Uh, this was my pick, and I really considered it a great value, even though I have a lot of depth that tied in in this league. Uh, my depth just allows me to be more patient with Dulcich, which I like that. Uh, I had Dulcich ranked as my number 25th rookie, but here I was able to draft him at pick number 35, so 10, 10 spots later. To be honest, just given the strength of tight end at my position in this league, um, I kind of hoped that Willis or Haskins or Pierre Strong uh, would have fallen to me, uh, given the strength that I had at tight end. But when they didn't, you know, I was really glad to stash Dulcich. I mean, it's going to be fun to have him at least on one of my leagues here. He's got the athleticism to become a part of the offense immediately, I think. And I think he can play the move tight end, even if Albert O is found, you know, are, even if they're on the field at the same time. And so I have a small uh, share in the very exciting new Russell Wilson offense. I'm excited about that. And I actually had the very next pick at 3.6 was mine as well, where I was surprised myself by actually drafting Calvin Austin. Like I said, I had back-to-back picks and was really surprised to take him here. Um, given that I'm really, you know, concerned about his size and I'm concerned about the Steelers wide receiver depth chart, um, but I decided to be true to my draft board, and he was the top-ranked rookie when I made the pick. And so I, you know, have a lot of wide receiver depth in this league, so he's definitely going to be a player that I can wait a year or two to see, you know, how he develops, uh, you know, chemistry with Kenny Pickett, and also to see what the Steelers do next year with Deontay Johnson. If they do indeed sign him back uh, after his contract year expires, or if they plan to let him go, which is why they drafted uh, Pickens and Austin in this year's draft. And so I'm sure that he's actually going to have a couple really good fantasy days, but I'm also sure he's going to be on my bench when those things happen because I don't think it'll be consistent. But I'm happy to wait a year and see what happens in Pittsburgh. I find that a pretty good pick at 4.6. Um, that would be, what, 36 picks into the game? Um, so happy for myself there. Round five was our last round of our draft, and that went with Kyle Phillips, uh, Kyron Williams, Charlie Kolar, Matt Corral, Ty Chandler, Jerome Ford, which was my pick, uh, Tristan Ebner, Cade Otten, Abram Smith, and closing out this draft was Justin Ross. A couple comments now on this fifth round. Uh, first was to say at pick number four, the fifth round was Matt Corral. That was actually a trade that was made, and one manager gave in this one quarterback league, made a pretty aggressive trade, gave away J.D. JD McKissick straight up for this pick. He does have solid running back depth on his team, but I just felt like that was too much to give. In my opinion, you know, for a player like McKissick, I value him more like probably like a third round, something like that. I mean, he's been a startable fantasy player for stretches when there's been injuries in front of him, and I just don't think he should go straight up for a fifth-round pick. Rookie fever is real, however, in the fifth round of rookie drafts, it still exists. As for my pick in this round, I picked Jerome Ford. 
And believe it or not, I actually had Jerome Ford as a top 12 ranked rookie in my pre-draft rankings. That was pretty crazy. I moved him up considerably, or moved him down considerably, though, after he fell in the NFL draft. So pre-draft, he was top 12 after, you know, he was drafted uh, so far back in the NFL draft and landed with Cleveland, which arguably has the best tandem of running backs in the league. I had to move him back. But still, I was excited to get one of, quote, my guys, you know, in the in the fifth round here. Uh, like the, you know, I like this for a fifth round uh, rookie pick. I know he's going to have a hard time making my roster, you know, when it comes to the cut date. I'm going to have to decide what to do uh, unless he really makes some plays or there's an injury. Uh, he's definitely a big play waiting to happen. He had so many long touchdown runs and such a great career, particularly his last season at Cincinnati. Um, I think, you know, if he makes a couple plays, he may prove himself to be too good to completely keep off the field in Cleveland. And, um, you know, I never root for injuries, but I'd be curious if Kareem Hunt gets traded this offseason to a team uh, that loses a running back before the season starts. I think Kareem Hunt might be kind of a rumored trade target. Should something like that happen on another team, someone could come for Kareem Hunt, and then I'd be really excited about having uh, Ford on my team. Last thing I mentioned in this fifth round was Justin Ross was drafted as a very last player, so Mr. Insignificant in the fifth round here. And Ross was the uh, dropped quite a lot. He was the 33rd pick in the draft that I reported on last week, but here he fell to pick number 50. Um, we have a waiver run that goes right after the rookie draft, and everyone lamented you know, that our 2021 champ, picking in this last spot and picking Mr. Irrelevant, lamented that he picked Ross because everyone, I think, had him high on their hopes of getting quickly scooped up as part of their first waiver wire run. But instead, he was picked here, picked number 50. Um, I was a little disappointed, too, because I would have wanted to grab him in the waiver wire run, but instead, I actually grabbed in the waiver wire Kennedy Brooks as my first waiver claim. Uh, right after this draft, as he was uh, the next highest UDFA in my rankings. So as my team, just as a whole, um, I feel like I'm a top-tier team in this league. I won the championship two years ago, like I said, and had terrible luck in the playoffs this last year. Uh, rosters in 10-man leagues do look much stronger than they do in 12-man leagues, that's for sure. 12-team um, leagues, I should say. Um, I do feel like I do have a top-four roster in the league for sure, and I like the balance that I have at each position. Uh, this year, my kind of overall plan for this team is to compete for a championship again, but I want to be open to selling uh, high-performing players that are on my bench most weeks for 2023 draft picks. I do have a lot of depth, and I think players that are going to be on my bench that I you know, don't get to start because they're my, my team is too strong right now. And so I want to be open to trading some of those players for 2023 picks, maybe so I can get younger, particularly if they're the older players on my team. So just a quick, uh, quick snapshot at quarterback. I have Justin Herbert. Russell Wilson and Jameis Winston against a one-quarterback league. I'm obviously in great shape at my quarterback room um, in the start one league. Uh, Herbert's going to be my every week starter for sure, but I'll look to trade Russell Wilson if he comes out of the gate on fire with his new position, particularly or with his new team, particularly if Winston, you know, is playing well too. As for running backs, uh, my weakest spot appears running backs, but it's still pretty strong. When I got to say I start with Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris. Devin Singletary, Deontay Foreman, Boston Scott, Philip Lindsay, Kalen Balazs. Now I have Jerome Ford and Kennedy Brooks as well. I do think my running back room, you know, just can't look too bad when Taylor's in my lineup. He's the, you know, going to be the lead guy. Uh, but my RB2 spot's just a little bit questionable. I'm really bouncing on the bank bounce back season for Barkley uh, or Miles Sanders, believe it or not. Um, I think if one or both of them, you know, bounces back, they're going to be in every, you know, every week starter alongside Taylor. If not, you know, uh, Damian Harris and Devin Singletary are not bad options for me, given the strength of the rest of my team. Uh, the rest of my running backs, 
need injuries, you know, for start, you know, for to be able to, you know, make a make a difference. But I love carrying those backups. Those handcuffs are valuable because there are going to be injuries to other teams that can be make them startable, you know, for week to week for, for a short stretch, or make them very tradable uh, when someone else's back gets injured. Wide receivers, strength of my team: Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Palmer. Nico Collins, Diami Brown, James Washington, Ashton Doolin, Chris, and now I have Chris Olave, David Bell, and Calvin Austin, all the players that I added in this draft. So I have four every week starters when I you know, start Debo, Diggs, Higgins, and Evans. That's easy. Uh, that's one of the strongest, if not the strongest, wide receiver lineup in this league. Uh, the rookies that I drafted in the first and second round of this draft, Chris Olave and David Bell, and last year's draft pick, Amon Ross St. Brown, they give me quality depth and that future upside that I want while these other players get a little bit older on my team. I'm also hopeful for one of the guys, you know, that I'm continuing to hold on my roster to break out. Even if just one of them does, it would be help, helpful. I'm talking about Josh Palmer, Dayami Brown, uh, Nico Collins, Ashton Doolin. If any one of them break out like I hope that they would, that's significantly help my team. Finally, at tight ends, I got Dallas Goddard, uh, Zach Ertz, Logan Thomas, Brevin Jordan, Mo Cox, and now in the draft, Greg Dulcich. Uh, I definitely don't have a top-tier tight end, you know, the top, top-tier top tight end, but I have a few players that I consider my second-tier players like Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, even Logan Thomas, who I'm a much higher on than most people. I feel like I can stream, you know, Goddard and Ertz for this season while hoping for breakout seasons from some of the younger guys like Brevin Jordan, even Moaga Cox, and while I wait for Dulcich to develop as well. I consider trading Ertz, you know, if he starts the season really hot, if I could trade him for a 2023 draft pick, um, I'd be happy to do that, especially if some of my young players like Jordan or Moana Cox or even Dulcich already start to show something themselves. So that is my good times team. Hope that you enjoy these uh, series. I'll do a couple more here on the drafts that I've been doing, and I hope it helps you think through the ADP as well as just kind of relive the draft process. We know the rookie drafts are one of the more fun parts, probably the funnest part of uh, other than winning a championship. It's the best part of Dynasty League. So I'll continue to report on some of my drafts. i got another one that's in progress right now, and another one starts on Friday. All fun stuff. Hope that you guys are enjoying this part of the season as well. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation at any time by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Better on email than Twitter or anything like that, so email me. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast as well. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. And I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.com.